thanks for joining us. Um, this is the hospitality edition of the Venari podcast. Um, so today I'm joined by Jennifer Fox, um, who's going to chat with us today a bit about her career um, and ultimately what's next in the future for her as well. So uh, Jennifer, do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you, Steve. It's great to be here. Thank you for the invitation. No worries. Yeah, so uh, I'm an Australian um, and I've had a very international career. I started my career in Australia and uh, then um, I joined ATT Sheraton and um, that was before the Starwood days and I took a role with them as a director of marketing in Central Australia in Alice Springs. Uh, from there, I was transferred to the Gold Coast in Australia and I opened uh, a great hotel after that in Melbourne. From there, I transferred to the United States and I spent 10 fabulous years working in the US as general manager and then when Starwood took over ATT Sheraton, I took the role as the global uh, vice president of the Sheraton brand. Mm -hmm. um, after a period of time, I then was recruited by IHG to go to Hong Kong. I took over the Intercontinental Hong Kong as the managing director. And after three great years uh, taking over what was then the region turned into the Intercontinental, I was transferred to London. I spent uh, eight years as chief operating officer for the Intercontinental brand in Europe and then was recruited by Fairmont to move to Toronto as uh, president of Fairmont Hotels and Resorts. And from there, I'm now um, looking for a new opportunity uh, somewhere, of course, in the hospitality and tourism space. I've just spent five years as a non-executive director for Village Roadshow, mm -hmm. a conglomerate entertainment group in Australia. Amazing. Um, so let's backtrack <laughs> massively. So the initial jump from Australia to, to the US, so how did that come about? Were you comfortable making that job? I know a lot of people in hospitality at the moment have got to relocate for the, for the right role. Were you comfortable doing that at the time? It's quite a big move. Yeah, no, it was a great move and I was really comfortable. Um, I, I'd always, as a young woman in Australia, had a desire to live and work internationally, mm -hmm. and particularly the US. So uh, at the time, though, the company offered me three roles. One was to go to China as um, Senior Vice President of Marketing. Mm -hmm. The other was to be a general manager in an Australian hotel, and then the opportunity to move to the United States as a general manager. So naturally, I took the, the move to the US. And I guess because I was transferred to Dallas, Texas, in some ways, there was a little bit of the same sensibilities as the Australian culture. Sure. And I felt like I adapted into the US very, very, very well. And mm -hmm. I actually did my MBA while I was in Dallas, Texas at Baylor University. Mm -hmm. um, so I just had an incredible experience. Yeah. And out of the roles that you've had so far, what's been the most enjoyable role that you've had? You know, that's a question I've been asked several times before, and it's a really tough one to answer because if I look back on them all, every experience sort of built on the next and got me ready for the next experience. Um, I loved being the managing director in Hong Kong. That was an incredible challenging role to take what was an iconic hotel, the region, and then transfer that to the Intercontinental. That was um, just a wonderful challenge and it was very successful. I loved um, Hawaii, you know, the Orchid at Manalani. Mm -hmm. Again, I took over that as a general manager from the Ritz-Carlton and, and rebranded it. But then also to my global roles, you know, with uh, with uh, Starwood and my global role with Fairmont Raffles, I, I adored. So I actually can honestly say I've never had a job that I didn't like. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And so, and for people outside the hospitality industry, may not know, but in these types of roles, I'm guessing you're on the road a lot. How, what, what did that travel schedule look like for you? Were you, you know, were you out Monday to Friday and, you know, only back home on the weekends or how was that? Well, I'll go back to my most recent global role, which was with Fairmont Raffles uh, International FIHI. Uh, I was travelling 300 days a year. 
And I wasn't home a lot on weekends either because we had offices in Toronto, Zurich, Dubai, mm -hmm. Singapore and Shanghai. And as president, I had great people leading the regions, but I was, I was in the regional offices about two weeks a month in each of the offices. So I was, I was on the road a good 300 days a year and, you know, I would catch an overnight flight to either Dubai or to Shanghai or wherever it was I was going. You'd land in the morning, you'd quickly shower and two hours later you'd be in the office. I think the thing with that is you learn how to manage your body clock, mm -hmm. you learn how to manage your work-life balance and uh, I, I actually enjoyed the travel. Uh, travel's always been a passion of mine from a very young age. And actually now in this last 12 months with COVID and not traveling, yeah. um, I think I'd rather be <laughs> traveling a lot than traveling not at all. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's what I was as well in terms of work-life balance, because when you're on the road so much, how did you, how did you keep that balance in check? Were you doing stuff to make sure that, you know, you did have a life outside of work and, and what kind of stuff do you do outside of work so that you know, keeps you motivated, keeps you busy? Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I've always loved what I, what I, what I was doing. I, there's never been a, a time where I resented the constant travel. And I think you've just got to keep yourself fit, you know, stick to your own basic, you know, rules. Like I always make sure I get enough sleep. I always make sure that I exercise. Um, I also don't have any kids and my husband is very flexible. He he works in the technology sector, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's been nothing for him to say, okay, well, you've got, you've got to be in Dubai over the weekend. I'll fly to Dubai and meet you. Or, um, you know, let's meet if you've got to be in the US in LA and I've got to be in New York, we'll meet. So we, we, we used to spend time always looking at our schedule for the next three months mm -hmm. and then saying, okay, well, this is where we, we can meet up. Yeah. I think it's harder for people that might have a young family. Um, but, you know, at this stage of our career, you know, he and I both really worked hard to find those moments where we could meet and, and get together. Makes it more special, I suppose, as well, when, when, when you do meet up in, in the middle and, and can do that. Um, and what do you think is going to happen moving forward with with meeting people face to face? Do you still think that's really important to do? Do you think Zoom and like video technology is going to take over, and you know work travel schedules should will, will be a lot less than they were before? Or? Well, I am an optimist about this. Um, I think we're on a path now where we're coming out of the worst of it, mm -hmm. you know, particularly people getting vaccinated and things such as that. And I think the Zoom Zoom is great, and I've done like all of us, I've done most of my work on Zoom, but you can't create that personal connection with people over Zoom. Mm -hmm. And particularly if you haven't met anyone, and I know people that have hired people and tried to onboard them during this crisis, and it's really difficult to build relationships. And I don't know about you, but how many Zoom calls have I been on where somebody can't hear or the technology doesn't work, <laughs> and you one person you know doesn't feel that they can contribute because they're not good at using Zoom. So mm -hmm. I, I actually don't think that it will ever replace face-to-face -face meetings. Mm -hmm. But I do think in terms of the recovery of our industry, the tourism and hospitality industry, it'll start off with leisure travel and then it'll be business travel yeah. and then it'll be the big uh, incentives, meetings and conferences. I think they will be the slowest things to recover. Um, but I'm already hearing a lot of my friends in the industry and I'm already hearing a lot of my, my colleagues and things such as that all now starting to plan their travel. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, people are really looking to September to start business travel again, is what I'm seeing. Yeah, that we did. Much needed. Yeah, Most absolutely. Industry. We've been a long time locked up. <laughs> we certainly have. Okay, well, one question that I've got for you, being a, a senior leader and a woman, on paper, you've had a great career. You've held some really senior leadership positions. So do you think your gender has played a part in you not getting roles or she's played a part in you? getting roles that maybe you perhaps wouldn't have. Uh, I don't know, it's a bit of a grey area at the moment and it's yeah. a tricky subject, but 
Um, do you think it's ever held you back? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. We just did, and I'm a member of this group called Women in Hospitality, which is a fairly new group, and we did a um, sort of like a workshop the other day. We, a lot of women, senior women, discussed this issue, so I've just been talking about it recently, and mm. it really made me really think about that. Look, I don't think I've ever been really disadvantaged about a role because I've, I was a woman. I know when I went to Hawaii as a general manager, I was the first female general manager of a luxury hotel in Hawaii. Oh, cool. When I went to Hong Kong, I was the first female general manager of a luxury hotel in, in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and from my early days in my career, I always thought to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that, for example, I used to travel as a young director of marketing with a group of guys that were all much older than me. And I always had a few rules, you know, um, never be late because they'd all say, oh, she's a woman, she's running late. I'd never let them carry my bags, carry my own bags. Yep. Make sure I pick up my fair share of checks if we go out to dinner and, you know, split the bill. I didn't want to have the female side of it play into me, the guys going, oh, I've got to travel with this woman. So I, I really don't think it has disadvantaged me. Mm-hmm. And um, I try never to worry about it because I can't control it. Mm-hmm. What I always t- do is try to be measured on my results. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my results are going to be just as good as any man, if not better. Yeah, absolutely. And what advice would you give? I suppose there was some great advice just there <laughs> that you've given, but would there be any advice that you'd give to any um, young professional, um, a, a young woman in hospitality who's you know just started out um, in their career? Absolutely. The first thing I would say is to have confidence in yourself and don't get imposter syndrome where you think you're not good enough for a role because yep. you are. And, you know, say yes, you know, take opportunities. I think one of the reasons I think I've been successful, and particularly when I joined Fairmont Rappels, I don't think I would have been attracted to them as the president if I hadn't lived and worked in Australia, mm-hmm. Hong Kong, the UK, the US. You know, they liked the fact that I had that global experience, so I was culturally sensitive. Um, and it's sometimes difficult to say, okay, well, I've got a life here and I've got a family here and I've got friends here, and then you get offered a job on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you, you have to trade some of those things to build your career. Now, I'm not saying you always have to do that, but I know for myself, I'd be three years somewhere and I'd just start to feel like I belonged in that city and I'd build up a nice network of friends and I was happy. Then I'd get a call from corporate, hey, would you be willing to transfer to wherever? And I always said yes, and Mm. I've never regretted it. What do you want to do next? What's interesting for you? Um, I know you've been approached by roles that you've turned down, so you're fortunate enough where you can be quite picky when it comes to the role that you do next. So what's what's interesting for you? Yeah, well, look, you know, I think it's really important at this stage in my career and for anyone at any stage of their careers to make sure that the next move is the right move. So I have had some opportunities for various reasons. They weren't, weren't perfect. And I suppose not every role is going to be perfect. Um, look, I'd love to take on a CEO of a, a hotel company, a smaller hotel company, or a CEO role in a, in a larger organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also quite interested in board work. You know, I've been on the board of Village Roadshow, which is a publicly listed company in Australia for five years. Um, they just went private. I've been uh, chair of the Corporate Governance and Nominations Committee. I've been on the Audit and Risk Committee. So board work in either the consumer space is also quite interesting. So, you know, I, I'm quite open and quite flexible. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, I've lived a very global life and I'm willing to continue to do that for the next stage in my life. And uh, so I'll just um, work with people such as yourself and see yep. what opportunities <laughs> come up. And I think that... Uh, you know, the right one will come up where I'll be a good solution to somebody's problem. Mm-hmm. My take on it is that there's so, it's such a strange time to be doing a job search in general. Um, but I think 
as long as you're keeping busy doing the right things and like you've been doing a lot of board work recently yes. um you know there's past week you did consulting work yes. you know there's there's lots of different options to kind of keep your keep yourself in the game so to speak and i'm sure some of your network is probably one of the best networks within hospitality just because some of the companies you work with and the people that you work with so absolutely cool well i think um yeah it's, it's been great talking to you thanks a lot for, for coming in and uh, for being part of this and being the first person on on the Venari Hospitality Podcast. <laughs> so thank you. Um, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, look forward to, to seeing how we can help you moving forward. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, sure. Steve. Thank you very much. Thank you.